All right, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And joining us this week for the very first time ever is uh, Pastor Brian Marvel. Uh, Brian, welcome to our podcast. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. It's great to be here. Brian, I met you about a year ago up in uh, Lake Geneva at the Unplugged Family Conference, and you were the, the speaker that week. And yep. uh, listening to you, I thought, you know, you'd be a great guy to have on the podcast sometime. And so uh, we talk, we've talked about that in the past, and we're finally doing it. And so thanks for, for coming on and uh, giving us some of your time. The day after Easter, which is, you know, for you, is going to be a, a huge, busy week for a pastor. So thanks for, uh, for sharing some time with us. Yeah, it's great to be here. And, and like I mentioned, um, I do have my dog in my room with me. And so if you hear some, some barking or something, yeah. just uh, know that Charlie says hello. All right. Well, welcome, Charlie, to the podcast as well, mm-hmm. our live studio audience. Right. So, <laughs> all right. So, Brian, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, introduce yourself to us. Uh, tell us how you came to the Lord. Kind of give us your, your background and where you came from. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I like to say I grew up as a church kid. So my dad wasn't a pastor, but church was a very um, like central point of our life. We were always doing youth group. We were doing Awana. We were always at church. Interestingly enough, now my dad is a pastor now. So, you know, I just like to tell people he followed in my footsteps. I was a pastor for about a decade before my dad became a pastor. And that's a whole story unto itself. But just church was a very central part of my life. And then there was a camp literally like across the street from the church. It was a a Bible camp. And I worked at that camp. I was a camper there, spent lots of time at that camp. And so through both youth group and that camp, God really got a hold of my attention. And so church has always been a part of my life. A relationship with Jesus has always been a part of my life. I like to tell the story that I I accepted Jesus at like five or six years old because I walked into a church one morning and I saw the stacks of silver plates at the front of the church, which to me in my five-year-old brain was it was snack day in church. (laughs) Like somewhere during the service, people are going to walk down the aisles and pass out a snack. And my parents would not let me take communion until like I knew what it was about. And so I was sitting in the pew with my dad one day and I said, Dad, what is that? How do I how do I take it? You know, how, what do I have to do to get it? And he uh, walked me through praying the Lord's Prayer and then and, and praying the sinner's prayer. And so my motives were totally skewed for praying a prayer to receive Christ into my life. But I genuinely think that God did something in that moment, yeah. even though my selfish motivation as a five year old was for some crackers <laughs> and juice. I think God was doing something and the, the verse of Philippians uh, 1, 6 come to mind, comes to mind that what God started in you, he will bring to completion. And so when I was in college, God started to work in my life to call me to ministry as a pastor, which if you ask my mom, which of her kids would have been a pastor, I would have probably been the last one. Um, I wanted to be rich and famous. I, I didn't care how, I didn't care what it took. That was just what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, so, but God had different plans for my life. And in college, it was really clear that this is what he was doing. And I ultimately said yes. And now here I am 15 years later as a pastor. Hmm. And now you're on the Basic Bible Podcast. So that the dreams of being rich and famous right. are not far <laughs> off now. Not far <laughs> off Both right. of our I, listeners will, will make you famous. That's um, funny. 
You, know, you say that it's interesting. Just uh, this past Friday at our church's Good Friday service, my four-year-old Leroy, um, who normally is in our junior church, uh, was in with us, and we took communion. You know, this is great. You get crackers and juice in church. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and we had to sit down. down that. He, he was a little heartbroken that we didn't give it to him yet. Um, but yeah. it, did, it did spark a conversation that we got to have. Um, so that's, that's fascinating. Now, you, uh, you spent some time in your youth uh, in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to ask you some important questions, being a fellow New Englander. Yeah. Um, tell us your experience with Papa Gino's Pizza. Papa Gino's Pizza. Okay, if you don't know Papa Gino's Pizza. Okay. Gino's. I, know that, I know it's in New Hampshire. I don't know if it would have been in the town. I mean, I'm thinking of Papa John's, but that's totally different. No, no, totally different. Papa Gino's. Okay, no, I don't know. Get that in my Gino's, town. But it hit, you've got to hit up Papa Gino's because it is the best pizza on earth. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's an exclusively New England chain, and I'm really disappointed that you're yeah. not familiar with this. So in my in my hometown growing up, we had Athens Pizza. That was the local pizza place that I worked at in college for a year. And um, I can't like I'm trying to do all the mental recall of the because I, I grew up in a town like 25,000 people, a college town, and I and I just can't think of a Papa Gino's. So I mean, how far north in New Hampshire were you? Uh, so I would have been I was I grew up in Keene, so the okay. southwest corner of the state. Yeah, so it would have been there. I would imagine, but I can't. I'm going to Google it when we're done. Yeah, I'll send you a message that. and redeem myself. Maybe it will help me remember my Papa Gino's experience. The name sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't place it in my head. Okay. Wow. I'm, we'll just say, we'll just say that's the Easter hangover. That's like not help my brain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just debating whether I want to continue with this interview. <laughs> but I thought that's something that we could bond over. As Sorry. You know, Sorry I, more than the Patriots or the Red Sox or anything. Um, okay. Well, anyway, yeah. all right. so we're going to move on. I'm going to try to compose myself. Right. All right. So you've got, um, I want to talk about your website, mm-hmm. uh, brianmarvel.com, where you can access, there, there's lots of videos, articles, your blog is there, uh, mm-hmm. writings and, and so on. Tell us how um, you made that decision to kind of put yourself out there because you are a pastor and your first responsibility, of course, is the flock that, that God has given you uh, there in the, the Milwaukee area. But you're also kind of expanding your your outreach through this website. Yeah. Yeah. So I started it probably 10 years ago. And at that time, I wasn't a senior pastor, so I wasn't preaching regularly. And uh, that's like my first love is is preaching. And so um, I had a friend. We were hanging out at a Panera, and I was talking with a good friend, a guy named Adam. And I was we were just talking about creativity and those sorts of things. And somewhere along the way, he said, "You should start a blog." And this is like when blogging was all the rage. Now right. podcasts are kind of all the rage. And I was like, "Why would I do that?" And I said, "You know who would read that if I started a blog? Like my mom. That would be that would be my audience. My mom would read it. She would think it's great, and that would be it." And so he really challenged me to say, no, Brian, it's, it's not about who reads it. It's about you having an outlet to, to create and to write and to explore these things. And so that was why I started it was really more so for myself just to have an outlet. And, and I wasn't much of a writer at that point. Um, if you would have told me um, that I was, I would have said, no, not at all. Like I'm, I'm a speaker, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher, but I'm not a writer. And sure, I write, but writing to be read is very different than writing to be heard. 
And so, but just through that, I really found that I, I really enjoy writing. And so writing is a regular part of my rhythm. Um, and I do create videos, you know, a little like, mostly like in, in encouraging devotional pastoral thoughts around a verse or two, just as a way to like try and encourage people. Um, and I'm not very social media savvy. I'm not very tech savvy, but there are these tools at our disposal with, with blogging, with, you know, right. everybody can create something these days. And I just feel like, you know, that's a good way for me to have a creative outlet. Um, and I do have hopes of writing some, some more substantial books. I've written a devotional book uh, you can find on my website. Um, but my hope is, yeah, to, to keep writing, to keep creating. And I, you know, in terms of priorities, like you said, my my pastoral role is priority number one in terms of my my vocation and my calling. Then I would say, you know, right up there, it's like the, the preaching aspect of my job. Leading of our staff is really important to me and leading a healthy church, not just leading a large church or a cool church, but really leading a healthy church. And then my my content creation stuff would be, you know, fourth on that priority list. So it ebbs and flows for me. There there are seasons where I'm doing a lot of writing and posting. And there are seasons where I'm not as much. All right. Now I'm I'm looking at our screen right now. My green screen just fell down. It's all right. (laughs) Half of my my classroom, half of our podcast. But this is uh, this is a podcast, not a video. So Mm. we're good. In fact, nobody actually had to know that. But I just felt like telling our audience that they needed to know this crucial right. behind the scenes information. Uh, all right. So uh, writing is something you, you kind of just, I don't want to say accidentally did, but you, you kind of fell into and you found that mm-hmm. this is a, a gift that God has given you. And, um, and you were starting to see uh, maybe even some of the fruits of that as you're, um, you're doing that each day. Talk to us a little bit about that writing process for you. Um, do you have a, a set schedule of how you write or what you write, or is it just kind of as the Lord leads? Or uh, I know you wrote on your blog just recently about writing a little bit each day. So talk to us a little bit about how uh, you, you've used that gift or developed that gift that God's given you. Yeah, so right now the big project, the big writing project that I'm working on is I'm writing a book with my parents Hmm. about them caring for their aging and dying parents. And so, um, so that is a, is a really hard project. It's a really yeah. long project. It's a really unique project. And I'm trying to write it from their voice. My parents aren't writers. And so what I do is I sit with them every week and we're working through this story, having anywhere from an hour to two hours of conversation in a given week. And then I take all of what they give me and then I just start writing and I start putting it all together, trying to create a narrative. You know, it'll be like a memoir of sorts. Right. Um, and so that's been a really, and I, and I tell people that if I can write this book, I'm going to feel like I can write anything because it has been so challenging because it's not my story. I didn't live this story and I'm trying to write it from their vantage point and their perspective and their voice. And so it's just, it's a slow go. And the pandemic really slowed us down because, um, you know, we have small kids. So I was home with them, with my wife, trying to like get them through school. And there's just no margin while at the same time leading a church through a pandemic. So it's a, it's a long haul project. Um, so that has its own weekly rhythm of, you know, sitting with them, dedicating time on Thursday, which is my, my actual day off and trying to write for a couple hours on Thursday. And then I give it to them. They read it. They give me feedback and we just go back and forth. And then other things that I write are um, more, a little bit more spontaneous <clears throat> um, in terms of 
you know, I try and have like, if I can have a content creation schedule that I try and like build out a few months at a time. And right now I'm in a phase of trying to go back and forth between shooting a video and writing a blog post. So the content that I put out is, you know, not just writing, but it's videos and blogs. Um, but it, yeah, I just, I have a running list of ideas. And so sometimes um, I just pull from that idea list um, or if I'm reading in my own personal, like devotional time and the verse just really jumps off the page to me, I sit with that and I'll, I'll reflect on that. So it's probably, I would say, you know, the, the stuff for my blog is a little bit more organic at this yeah. point where this book that I'm working on with my parents is much more like structured and organized in terms of the way I'm approaching it. Okay. <laughs> now I, I want to put you on the spot. You mentioned your videos and, I, and I've watched a few of those and, uh, we'll have a link to your YouTube page as well and, and your website. And all that's found on your website. Um, <laughs> there, there are some videos you're, you're basically sitting in front of a white wall or a white screen yeah, yeah. talking. And some, I'm assuming, are in your office. Yep. Because behind you, you've got a, a series of books. Yep. A guy like me, that's where I'm drawn. Right. And I'm trying to read the titles. And you've mm-hmm. got a couple of systematic theologies up there. You've got Thesis. I think you've got Grudem up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Erickson, yep. if I'm not mistaken. And so I, I'm curious, you know, no judgment. I'm, I'm not here to judge you, but do you, do you strategically place books up there or that just happens to be what's behind you? <laughs> those, <clears throat> those live on that shelf. Um, but I have put some other things on that shelf to make it look a little bit more appealing. Like there's the heart pillow that's yeah, up yeah. there. There's a podcast microphone, even though I don't podcast, there's a Polaroid camera up there. Um, so yeah, that is my shelf of, um, trying to make it look a little bit more appealing than random books on a, uh, on a shelf, but I, there's no statement with those authors. It's okay. Just, those are the big things. I would do that. If I were, if I were, if this were a video podcast, like right now, if you, if, you, if maybe I'll, I'll put a clip of this up here, you know, you yeah. can see basically my, my books up here. That those are what I'm teaching at the moment. But yeah. if I were doing a video podcast, I know I would have strategically placed books that I want people to see. Totally. Look at what I've read um, <laughs> totally. because I'm prideful and arrogant that way. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about uh, the, the, the main focus I, I want to get to in the remaining time we have left is spiritual growth. As a pastor, I can see your pastor's heart um, as I'm reading through your, your devotional literature. You have a heart to help people, to encourage people. And uh, one of the books that you, you've written, a little ebook unstuck uh getting a jump start on your spiritual growth mm-hmm. it's an ebook but i printed it off because i'm old mm-hmm. and i'm stuck in my ways yeah <laughs> a great, uh pun uh considering this so you know right. you you're using the illustration of a car stuck in the snow as fellow mm-hmm. wisconsinites we get that um right. but there are times where we do just feel stuck stagnant in our spiritual growth maybe uh you know you first get saved you're brought to the lord and you're excited um and you are growing in, as, you, as you read through scripture as you're in church you're just soaking it all in you're absorbing it and it's great but then there's times maybe not even hard times not even trials yeah but they're just <laughs> moments you're not talking about even backsliding but it's just your, your spiritual life just isn't as vibrant as it once was you get kind of comfortable mm-hmm. in your walk with the Lord and everything almost becomes 
rote. Yep. Everything just becomes kind of like you're, you're going through the motions, but you know there's something missing. And yep. so you've written this ebook with that in mind. So, so tell us what, when that happens, what should be our first response? Because for some, it's just like, I don't understand. There's, is there a sin in my life? Is, have I done something wrong? What, what, what should be our go-to in that moment when we come to that realization? Yeah, so there's, right, the phrase familiarity leads to unfamiliarity, yeah. right? In terms of we get so familiar and comfortable with something that it just loses its intrigue or its desire or whatever. And so, you know, what I'm trying to do in that little ebook is just show people that your spiritual growth should be a, a fully orbed experience when it comes to just different things that are available to you. Uh, when it comes to how you grow. So I think in there, I talk about the scriptures and the role of the scriptures, right. talk about the, the spirit and the role of the spirit in your life, the role of the church body and all these things. And so for me, like I definitely go through seasons where, you know, I'm just stuck in my own spiritual encouragement, own spiritual practices. And so this past year was one of those. We moved the summer of uh, 20. 21, we bought a new house, stayed within our neighborhood, moved like seven blocks, but it just disrupted all the rhythms of our life. And so I just found that my spiritual bearing was off instead of, so I'm an early morning person. I like to get up at 5.30 and have, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to 45 minutes to just sit with the Lord, to journal, to pray. And I just found like, I, I was so exhausted from the move also last summer, we were hiring new staff at our church. We had crazy turnover because of the pandemic. So I was running hard with the move, <clears throat> with hiring, rehiring a staff. And I just got out of rhythm and like, I felt stuck and I, I was so exhausted. I wasn't waking up early and it carried into the fall. And then in the fall, my whole family had COVID. And so it was just like, you know, one thing after the, the next. And so we hit January going into 2022. And I was like, I just need I need something that intrigues me, excites me, gets me going. And the Bible Project put out their app this year uh, that has different reading journeys that take you through this year. They're reading through um, just the first five books of the Bible and they're podcasting on it and they have, you know, unique content they're putting out around it. And it got me really excited. And so I found there was this intrigue in me and I'm like, I need to pay attention to that. I need to lean into that. And I need to, um, it's okay, sweetie. And I, and I need to respond to that. And so, um, so in that I found like, oh, I have to do something a little bit differently. Rewind a couple of years ago, as we were going into the pandemic, I knew that, Hey, this is going to be a really wonky time. And I need a practice that anchors me. And so I had a friend who, um, who was running a zoom prayer group every morning at like six 30 for 30 minutes. He was working through the book of common prayer. It was very structured, very liturgical, yeah. very different than something I normally would have done. But to me, that intrigued me. And he did it with people all across the country. He leads a nonprofit called neighborly and all across the country, people were joining this prayer group, which was wild because, you know, like people I never would have met from Arizona or Florida or whatever. So all that to say, 
that when I find, when I personally find myself in a place of feeling stuck and going through the motions, that's when I step back and I ask the question, what is intriguing me? What is exciting me about my faith? And I lean into that because if I ignore that, I'm just going to stay where I am. So you said something profound there. You're, you're a pastor. You're a man of God, a man of the cloth. And you find yourself stuck sometimes. Mm. So this is a normal thing. Yeah, it's normal experience. Yeah, so you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be discouraged by it if that's happening to you. You shouldn't feel like, oh, man, maybe I'm not a true Christian. I'm not a real follower of Jesus. Maybe there's something wrong with me. You shouldn't think any of those things. We all go through different se- like So life is full of different seasons. You think of the calendar year, right? Four different seasons through the year. You think of seasons of life with no kids, small kids, grown kids, like seasons come and go. And so you have to pay attention to the season you're in and what God is doing in your life and where he's inviting you and leading you and respond to that. And when you get stuck, that should be a moment that should cause some disruptive moments in your life. You're like, I should pay attention to maybe I need to make a small change, not a big whole change, maybe just a small, simple change. So this, this experience of stuckness or just a lack of spiritual growth could actually be something that God is using in your Mm -hmm. life. Oh yeah. To throw you even further. Totally. Yeah. So you mentioned the book, one of the things you start with, okay, we we go back to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I, I love what you say here, it's important not just to get back into the scriptures, but your view of scripture is important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tend to be more of a mediocre academic. Okay. So I, I, I like to look at scripture theologically mm-hmm. and uh, you know, viewers, uh, listeners, viewers, whatever uh, you guys know, we like to pick apart scripture. Um, but if we reduce scripture to just scripture is not a systematic theology. book. Correct. Scripture is not even a theology book, though. We, we could have our theology from that. Right. Um, scripture is not merely just a list of here's what to do in these circumstances, but scripture itself is a story. Yep, absolutely. And so immerse yourself into that story as part of jump. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I am fully convinced that the best way to understand the Bible is as a story. We we live in stories like that's just how we think through life, you know, and I do think the scriptures were intended to be a story. I mean, that's what what it starts out as. Uh, It's a unified story uh, that ultimately leads us to Jesus. That's the Bible Project's tagline. I've been hearing that a lot as I've been journeying with them this year. Um, And I I think that um, it's the best way to understand the scriptures. And when that, because I used to, I, when I was younger and I was entering into seminary, I used scripture as a devotional handbook. So I would look for a verse that meant something to me. Yep. I would read it. And then I would say, oh, that was encouraging to me. Right. But I didn't have a, a holistic view of the beginning, middle, end of the Bible and how it was all tied together and the narrative threads that start in Genesis and go to the end. And when I started to understand the Bible in that way, it totally deepened my understanding and appreciation and intrigue with the Bible. So I'm like, there's so much here that I've never even thought or comprehended. And so it just changed the game for me completely. And so it's not only that it's a story about God in the world, 
but it's also it, it it encompasses me. My story should get caught up in the scriptures. And so I used to live in a way where going into seminary, my mindset was why I'm at seminary to be a pastor is so that I can master the scriptures yes. so that I can be a, a Jedi master of the scriptures right. and how people with all of my spiritual knowledge. But I met a friend who said, no, Brian, you got to flip that the other way around. There's a friend in seminary. He said, it's not that you should try and master the scriptures, but you should live in such a way where the scriptures master you. Right. You submit yourself to them. So therefore, your story comes underneath the story of the scriptures and gets caught up in that story. And then it's really the story of Jesus that is the ultimate story uh, of right. all stories. And so, you know, you know, what I have found is your theology is not even going to be correct unless you've got that story down. You know, mm-hmm. you use big words like, you know, a biblical theology or whatever. The idea that there's a grand narrative of scripture, there's a meta narrative that runs through mm-hmm. that. And you're not going to have a devotional life or a theological life that's correct until it lines up with that narrative, that story. Absolutely. Um, and we're not even going to understand who Jesus really is unless we get that story, that undercurrent. And, um, and that's where you go with it in, in the book. You go through, all right, scripture, then it takes us to a more personal relationship with Jesus, with Christ, that he, and, and when you've got that down, the spirit can lead you. But yeah. You also focus on the idea uh, when you're stuck spiritually, um, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, God has part of that storyline of scripture is that God is like from the very beginning, from Genesis two, God said it was not good for man to be alone. Right. And so he created woman. And from that point forward, the peop- there's a people of God, not just persons of God, but there are people of God. We come to God corporately together. Mm-hmm. You're a pastor. You pastor uh, not just a group of individuals, but you pastor a church, a right. body, and, and God has placed us within that. Again, the storyline of the scripture tells us God wants you to be in fellowship with other believers. And how, how does that help us kind of jumpstart that that uh vibrant relationship again yeah so like you know when you when you read through the new testament and paul is writing his letters he's writing them to churches and there's all these you know second person pronouns you that he's like he's writing to you and as good individualized consumeristic americans we oftentimes read those you's as singular oh paul's writing to me as an individual right when really most of the time those you's are plural Right. So the best way to translate it would be y'all. Right. So he's 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 writing to a community. So there's this like fundamental assumption in the scriptures that spirituality is a community project. It's never an individual project like that is that is throughout the scriptures. And in our society, we live radically individualistic lives. So sometimes we miss out on that. And part of why we could be stuck in our own spiritual growth is because we're trying to do it alone and we've, we're never intended to live our spiritual lives in isolation. And so I think that, you know, and I, and I think one of the things that the pandemic did to teach us something was to show how we are hardwired for community, right? So living in, you know, like we had people over at our house a couple of weeks ago, 
<clears throat> it, it was maybe a month ago and it was like, man, we miss doing this. We, we miss just a casual, Hey, come over for dinner where the last year and a half, two years, there's been all of this suspicion around when is that? Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. But people are craving connection and craving community. Right. And we're seeing it all the time at our church. People are coming in hungry to get plugged in and to be with other people because that's hardwired in yeah. us. And so um, that would be a question, like if I'm trying to diagnose, not that I would use that term or ever actually do that with people, but diagnose why somebody's stuck, I would ask about their relationship to the scriptures. And then I would probably ask about their relationship um, to a church. Those would be the first two things that I'd just say, tell me about that. Tell, tell me what that's like for you. Tell me how you're engaging in those two things. Um, and then from there, you know, start to give some encouragement on, on how to think about those two things differently. So God created us to be with others. We sometimes emphasize a personal relationship with God. And there should be, but your right. personal relationship with God is not going to be what it is unless there is a fellowship of believers. The fact that, uh, you know, Paul says in, in Hebrews 10, 25, that we need the encouragement one from another. As we see the day Absolutely. approaching, we need to gather together so that we can encourage each other because you as an individual, you need encouragement without okay. that you're going to be stuck. Yep, 100%. All right, well, again, the book is Unstuck, Getting a Jumpstart on Your Spiritual Growth. And um, the, the, the really great thing about this book is, two, well, two things. First, it's short. Mm -hmm. And second, it's free. Yeah. And so we want you to go and get it. Um, and you do that by logging on to brianmarvel.com. Yep. And uh, we're going to have that, and that's B-R-Y-A-N. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, would, some people would say whether or not that's the right way, way to spell Brian, but you know, in my world, it is Brian. Was <laughs> so um, check that out. We'll have that in our, in our show links. And also you can, you can purchase um, a journey to the cross. This yeah. is another a devotional uh, that really kind of follows the life of Christ um, from uh, beginning to the, to the empty tomb. And mm -hmm. uh, this is, this will be a blessing to you. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about this, is you give us plenty of time, uh, plenty of space to journal. Yeah. Um, there are discussion questions, but there are also, um, if you go on to brianmarvel.com, you can follow the, uh, the sermon series that goes along with this mm -hmm. and, uh, you can, you can take notes in here, journal your thoughts. And so this is a really cool tool, uh, that you can use even by yourself or in a group, um, yep. if you've got a small group that meets, um, regularly, um, this could be used for that for Bible study. And there's a lot of great material on there. And uh, so check it out, brianmarvel.com. So Brian, thank you for kind of just joining with us here today and kind of sharing a little bit about your life and your ministry. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, Kevin. And my hope is that um, these conversations just spark some things for people so yeah. that they can keep diving deeper into their spiritual journey. All right. And I hope you'll come back on the podcast again. Um, yeah. I'll look forward to seeing you in, in, in July. Yeah, I'll be there. The, uh, Unplugged Family uh, Camp. That was a blessing. And uh, looking forward to that again. So again, brianmarvel.com. But don't forget our website, uh, basicbiblepodcast.org. And you can uh, look at all of our show notes there, previous episodes. There'll be links to our Facebook group and our Instagram and Twitter. So join us on all of that as well. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.